1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: I love creative people. The folks who take uh, lemons and make lemonade. I'm one of those people. That's probably why I love them. It is 1207. You are listening to The Shaletta Show on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. Josh Wheeler is my very capable producer. Al Shock is in the newsroom bringing you the latest on news information and weather. Um, And we will be here until 3 o'clock talking about things going on in our community that I want you to know about. Um, Not so that you could just take it and chew it and swallow it. And digest it, but that you could take it and share it with the people in your life, the people in your um, community, the people in our city. You know, uh, my favorite quote from Dr. King is, I can't be everything I'm called to be until you are everything that you're called to be. And so my success is your success. And your success is my success. All morning long, I've been hanging out with Bonnie, one of my students over at the University of Minnesota, and we're just talking about where she's going when she graduates in spring. What's she going to be doing? How do you interview for these jobs? I need her to be successful because when she wins, I win. That's how life works. I wish I had somebody to tell me what I'm telling her. I wish I had somebody who took me by the hand as a senior in college to say, this is how it works. And this is how it doesn't work. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like learning stuff the whole way. I like for people to tell me stuff because I, I need to know where the pitfalls are and where success happens. And so, you know, I, I, I just love those creative folks, folks like Bonnie, folks like Nikki McComb. She's the executive director of Art Is My Weapon. And she's joining us today on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline because this, this lady is making lemonade out of lemons. Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I so much appreciate it. Now, I don't know where you Are you driving? Because it's difficult to hear you. It's a lot of background noise.
3: Yes, I, I am. Let me try to see if I can switch over to a quieter.
2: Okay, I'm going to let Josh take you off the line Is that and yep. Uh look, go ahead, Nikki. Is that better? That's so much better. Stay right there. Don't move. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Sorry yes. about that. Oh, no problem. Now, now, I, I was just saying that I love people who can make uh, lemonade out of lemons. You know, my son Brandon saw a Let's Go Brandon flag, and instead of telling uh-huh. him what the real meaning of that was, I let him think people were cheering for him. Right? Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you are still, I'm hearing some roaring or something.
3: Uh, I am headed to the gallery, so I, I'm going to try to pull over. I've, I've been trying to pull over, but I'm on the highway. So, so, so sorry. I, I mentioned that I was going to be in the car. It's not. it's just not working for you, I can pull over.
2: Okay, I'm going to let Josh take you off the line, and then when Josh brings uh, Nikki back on, he's going to check and make sure she sounds okay in the phone. And then um, when he does that, if she's great in the phone, then we'll go ahead and and bring her in um, on the show because I want to make sure that when Nikki and I are talking that... She has the best quality sound so you all can hear uh, exactly what she's doing. So I'm not going to spoil what she's talking about. I'm going to wait till Josh and Nikki figure it out and and they get uh, on the line and and she sounds good before he puts her on air. But, you know, I I was telling the story of my son, Brandon, and how he saw a Let's Go Brandon flag. And he thought that um, an entire group of people in an RV park in Houston, Texas, waving those Let's Go Brandon flags was just waiting for him to show up. 120 some odd people at an RV park in Houston, Texas. He really thought that everybody was cheering for him. And in his autism journey, that's just the support he needed to get a breakthrough. And do you know my baby stopped stuttering after that? After that, he tested off the autism spectrum. He gets no more special services. And and I remember when he saw that Let's Go Brandon flag, he said, Mom, do you spot it? Do you spot my my flag, my sign? I said, no, baby, I spot a book. We about to make a million dollars. And so I created Brandon Spots His Sign, a children's book about how to support kids with autism and how my son saw these Let's Go Brandon flags and signs thinking that people were cheering for him, uh, got better along his autism journey. It was amazing, and it helped so many people understand how to relate to kids with autism. Became a number one best-selling book. So that's how you make lemonade out of lemons. Because, you know, I could have I could have just told my son what the, what the sign really meant. But I would have said I'm going to let it ride. You know, as parents, we, we have to make split-second decisions, right? And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let him think that these people are cheering for him. That's what I'm going to do. Now, i tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Nikki McComb, and she'll tell you what she's working on with Art Is My Weapon. It is 1215. Welcome back to the Shaletta show on News Talk 830 WCCO radio uh, chatting with uh, Nikki McComb, the executive director of art is my weapon. She's joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker hotline. Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show this Saturday.
3: Thanks again. I very much appreciate you.
2: Now, talk to me about Art Is My Weapon. You've got an event coming up today from 3 to 6 in Edina. And and I just really love uh, the work that you are doing, how you are doing it, and why you're doing it. What is Art Is My Weapon?
3: Thanks so much for asking. Art Is My Weapon is a a local 501 c three. Uh, that was designed to partner with um, local agencies, law enforcement, fire, uh, community organizations, um, private funders, hospitals, those working in um, in community to uh, produce gun buybacks, to pay folks to get weapons off the street. No questions asked.
2: Okay. Now, so, how did you get started with that? I, I mean, you know, sometimes I can figure out stuff. Uh, But how do you say, you know what, we're going to pay people. And I've heard of that. I work in news. So I've seen it, but I've just never known anybody, um, you know, who who started it. How do you start a program like this?
3: So my journey was started as I was working under the leadership of uh, my very dear friend, Shonda Smith Baker at Pillsbury United Communities and Shonda um, was visited a, uh, the Aspen Institute and saw an exhibit by a national, uh, uh, artist and curator that was similar to the work we're doing here now. And she, uh, herself losing her cousin to gun violence came back and said, Nikki, I want to do this. This is what we're going to do. Um, you down. And I said, Of course. So, After bringing that exhibit here, she wanted to take it further and said, I want to design uh, a model after that and do our own gun buyback. Um, And so we did a buyback under the leadership of her at Pillsbury, named the organization Art is My Weapon. And shortly after the buyback organized by her and, and the partners that she found, um, Shonda left the agency, and so did I. And I was not willing to leave art as my weapon behind. So I went to her and the current, the, the interim CEO, and said, "Hey, I, I got to keep this work going. Can I own it?" And so, from that point on, I owned it, and Shonda has been a ex officio board member since. Um, so really, it you know, all of it started as as something that um, she wanted to do because of the loss of her cousin. And I just happened to carry the torch forward uh, when, when when we both parted the agency.
2: Now, art is my weapon, um, doing gun buybacks. How do you go from gun buybacks to an art exhibit? Because usually you, you get gun buybacks, you work with local law enforcement agencies, they melt this stuff down, They they use it in investigations, they try to solve crimes, they just want to get these guns off the street, but you're turning it into art.
3: Yes. So once once the weapons are collected through whatever partnerships, um, this, this last one in 2022 happened to be with Wellspring, Second Chance, and um, Urban Ventures, they go to evidence. The evidence room decommissions them into inoperable parts, and then they call me and say, where do you want us to bring them? They bring them wherever I say. Right now they're in my basement. I have hundreds of decommissioned parts, even after all of these artists have picked them up to create artwork. Um, And those parts will last uh, for artists to create work for a couple more years. So um, we'll be able to produce more exhibits um, with more artists and add more artists to to the roster of participating artists, My Weapon artists. And these artists are crazy incredible.
2: Okay, so you have have an exhibit today. uh, From 3 to 6 at 9 Mile Gallery on Washington Avenue in Edina. Uh, That jumps Correct. off at 3 o'clock. I get off at 3 o'clock. I'm going to jump in a nine-seater and come over there because you have 115 firearms that were safely collected and dismantled, and now they are on exhibit. Talk to me about this Art is My Weapon exhibit, and, and what can people expect when they come uh, today in Edina to see it?
3: Well, so what you can expect is to see something ugly, hurtful, and 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 a, a huge part of how people are disproportionately affected in our community, pr- primarily people of color, young people of color, by a thing, a tool that is used to harm. You will see these pieces turned into beautiful works of art from all different mediums. You will see um, statements of... Uh, real things that are happening in our community that most people don't talk about, don't want to see, don't want to be about until it's in their face. You will see um, all of the artists who are just, I can't thank them enough because every year they produce artwork for these exhibits, no questions asked, and they're they're not paid tons of money. Mm -hmm. So you will see artwork that's for sale that will support an artist that is working hard to support an issue. Um, You're going to see a lot of your friends in there. You're going to see community members. You're going to see people who care about the issue. And I hope to see some young people, because we've been talking about this for weeks on end, and everybody always asks, what can you do? What can you do?
2: Yeah. All you got to
3: do is what you said is get in your car and
2: show up. Yeah. And and it's it's so amazing because the one thing I love about the listeners of this show is they expect um, action items. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, we have conversations that move from the radio to social media to actually showing up in community. Now, you were talking about these artists. Tell me about one of them. Give me some information about one of these artists that has blown you away. What, you know, this person's story and what have they produced for this exhibit today in Edina? So, um,
3: gosh, there's so many. Um, Let's see here. So I, I, I'm i going to talk about uh, Laura Prachin, Laura Marie. Everyone calls her Laura Marie. So Laura um, discovered that she wanted to paint during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So being at home, stuck in the house. This is, a, this is a young lady who was not a artist in any way. Mm-hmm. She was an administrative assistant, and she's actually my assistant as well <laughs> right now. But she's also an artist. She um, learned during COVID how to, she literally mastered oil oils and oil painting. So she painted, if you remember the three children that were murdered on Penn Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Well, two were, one is still alive, two, two lost their lives. She painted um, a portrait of Anaya Allen for KG Wilson. Um, that was to perfection, mm-hmm. um, and her work, just after two years of learning how to uh, use oils on canvas, is immeasurable. I've never seen anything like. I can't do it. I tried, and I'm just dumbfounded by how she was able to pick up a craft so quickly. And she's dedicated her work to painting. Um, family members of victims, victims, um, lost people who have lost their lives. um, And she's very, very uh, serious about the issue as well. So she kind of found her thing through COVID and, and is kind of, you know, using her skill and craft to help those through traumatic events by painting their loved ones.
2: Well, I can't thank you enough for being here, for helping to paint the picture for us of what to expect today from 3 to 6. The Art is My Weapon exhibit at Nine, Mine, Nine Mile Gallery, uh, in Dinah on Washington Avenue South. Nikki McComb, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I hope to see you soon.
2: You will, girl. You will, girl. Yes, I gassed up, girl. So I'm ready to go from Edina to Cottage Grove. I got I got just enough gas in the car, so I will see you there. And I'm encouraging all mm-hmm. of our listeners, uh, if you're looking for something to do on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, get over to the gallery in Edina. Um And it's difficult, right, to deal with um, gun violence. You can say, "Well, this doesn't Absolutely. impact me," but if it impacts one person in in our community, then it does impact you. And mm-hmm. um, this could be your opportunity to really get in there. You ever have a a friend and you think you really know them, right? You think you know as much as you can about them. You think you understand their patterns or tendencies. And I know Carla Bingham, Newport, graduated from Park High School, the alma mater that would be my son's. Um, You know, when my family and I moved to Cottage Grove, we knew nobody. And, And Carla Bingham and Steve Dennis and Justin Olson and Mayor Myron and the chief of police They wrapped their arms around our family. Uh, They they showed us where to go to school and where to get the groceries and, you know, just gave us all the love that we needed. How to get services for our special needs children. Um, When my kids read their books, um, they were there at the book readings to support our family. And whenever there was a meat raffle or something fun going on, some axe throwing, parades, you know, they made sure as a new family, that we didn't just hear about it, we knew about it ahead of time. And, and so, you know, we became friends and, you know, just appreciated and followed um, her career um, in, you know, service as our state uh, legislator and now our Ramsey, our Washington County Commissioner, you know, just so supportive of, of the work that she does uh, for our town. And, and so I'm like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's a, a politician. No? Mm mm. Not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently she's a, a high school football referee. Yes. Uh-huh. You heard me right. High school football. My son's like, Mom, I think that's Miss Carla. I was like, honey, where? In the stands? He's like, no, Mom, down on the field. Is she cheering? No, Mom, she's she's over there. Where? Over there. about the, Honey, she's not playing football. She, no, Mom, she's reffing. Reffing what? She's a high school football referee. Is it Halloween? Is it Halloween? Because this could She can't be really and This is like a, 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 a Jimmy Kimmel live skit, right? No, no, ma'am, it's not. I don't know this woman. She may be. She may be flying planes. Are you also a licensed pilot, caller? I, I don't know what else is going on
4: with you. <laughs> uh, I do not work for the FBI, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> my contacts may be loaded chaletta but i i do not work for the fbi i'll admit that to you okay girl (laughs) you just shocked my pants
2: off down there refereeing a high school football game give me the school please ma'am
4: well so it's no secret that there's a huge shortage of uh officials in any of the sports but specifically for high school football And I am a football fanatic. It actually is what keeps my marriage taboo uh, very strong. We both really love football. It's a real commonality that we have together. And I just have grown up loving football. And it's a really good way um, to still enjoy the sport, give back to your community. And, Shaletta, if, if these kids don't have an activity, if they do not have a way to express themselves, they're going to find a way and be real creative. And sometimes that's not positive. Mm-hmm. And so, and so really, um, youth sports was such a big part of my life growing up. And I know a lot of my friends as well and my nephews. Um, I just, if, if, if we have to cut out teams, cut back seasons because we as adults won't step up to help these kids, like that's just heartbreaking. And, and, and so, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to step up and and uh, do the training and and get certified. And so I'm in my second season of doing this. We, I just wrapped up uh, my the regular season. They're in the playoffs now, and and you have to have a little bit more <laughs> experience to do the the playoffs and postseason.
2: Okay. Now you hear that uh, they need more referees. Yeah. Uh, there's a shortage uh you know they may have to cut back games because they have to have a certain number otherwise you know they're not going to be able Mm -hmm. to put on the games why not just shovel pass why not tell boo to tell his buddies hey i need more men out here you guys step (laughs) up you know that would be the normal thing to do to go on a crusader campaign and get some guys to come on and referee (laughs) why did you
4: decide to
2: take it on tell me about that thought process
4: it wasn't even the thought to ask the men to do it. I just said, I'm going to step up and do it. I mean, I think that, um, you know, women are definitely needed. I think just to have diversity in these ranks is helpful. Um, and I, I have to say, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, Shaletta. Some of these coaches are, uh, how do I say this? Um, pretty intense. I'll yeah. Be it polite. I'll be mm-hmm. polite. And, and so, um, it, some of them don't uh, treat me any differently than, <laughs> than the men, <laughs> men officials, and and um, I do think that the players, though, um, I am legitimately their mother's age. <laughs> if you think about it, so mm-hmm. I'm 44. Legitimately, their their mother's age. It's ma'am. It's thank you for being here. Um, they the the players are nothing but respectful, and I think. Just stepping up and showing that, you know, um, we as as women too uh, can really have an impact on sports. And whether it's coaching, whether it's officials, and obviously players, you know, that's that's an obvious one. We have a long way to go for equality in, in sports and pay. But um, just showing that on the on the official side and the coaching side, the ownership side. Um, You know, we just we all have to step up and show and lead. And so it wasn't even a thought process um, to to, you know, tell men to just come on, let's go. You guys got to step up and do this.
2: Okay, you talk to me about how the players responded, how the coaches have responded. What about the fans? Are they as shocked as I was to see you running up and down that field? Uh, yeah, and yeah, and, and couldn't pick you comments. out. Yep. Yeah. So talk to me yep. about that. What a especially people who know you. Like I know you. You know, some of these oh. people like me, we know you, and then all of a sudden you running up and down the field in a ref
4: costume. We're looking and
2: thinking, is it <laughs>
4: Halloween already? What in the heck is going on? Yeah, no, it um, you know, I think it people do, do a double a double look, but I have to say, like, my mentor is uh awaiting her call uh to be in the NFL. I mean, that's how much training she has. She's in the NCAA, her name's Leah. She's fantastic. She's like my shero. She's awesome. Um, she tries to keep me focused. We check in with each other all the time about games. So I'm not like the first woman to ever do this. There's about six of us, I believe, in, in the Minnesota High School League. Um, and so, um, you know, it is, it is, you know, people do look twice and like, hey, you know, Look, there's a female ref. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you do get comments about that, but I, I believe that, um, you know, you you really uh, are there for the kids so that they can play, they can experience uh, football and have fun, and be safe. Yeah. You know, that's 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 really the goal for for all of us there, uh, and we just we really want to make sure that. These kids have this experience. And again, with the shortage, we don't want to have teams not being able to play or having to shorten the season or, you know, other things just to lessen that experience for the kids. Okay.
2: Now talk to me about this because it's not like you can go in and put the stripes on and right. run up and down the field. What's that training oh, no. been like? Cause you're oh. talking about training. I, I just can't imagine the, the stuff you had to memorize and, you know, yeah. real life, uh, yeah, you know, uh, pr- you know, practicing yep. and, and seeing the tackles and knowing what to yep. call and how to do it yep. fairly. And then you talk about safety and girl, I, yep. I just, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about it. What's that training like?
4: so um you uh the minnesota high school league is really really good and i believe we have one of the highest standards and we are looked at as like the way to do it um the, the minnesota high school league is great their staff is fantastic so we go through um about four weeks of on-site training starting in august uh it's once a week for 90 minutes we go through film we actually go out in a parking lot <laughs> and set up and watch and look. And then um, you actually have to take a test every year um, with rules, um, new rules, old rules. Uh, you have to pass it. You only get two tries um, to pass it. Um, and then you also uh, have to do concussion protocol training. You have overall ethics training. Uh, there's There's a lot of high standards of of training. Now we're all human. And so, you know, you you have to understand that too. I may see something differently than the person across the field or next. Also, um, you know, there's three of us on a lower level game. So varsity has five. Okay, You see a lot more things when there's five people than when there's three. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of those nuances as well. But the final thing I will say is every week during the regular season, we are provided video and um, training uh, throughout the week that we have to watch. And uh, they know if we've watched it or not.
1: Mm.
4: So um, I mean, there is ongoing training throughout the season. And then let's just talk about the physicality of the job, girl. Okay, stop right there because I will be on
2: the <laughs> sidelines with my with my asthma puffer. I need somebody massaging my legs, putting ice packs on my knees. Girl, you are booking up and down that field. Yeah,
4: yeah. So you really, you really do have to stay in shape um, as to the best ability that you can. Um, you know, i am i I mean, not going to go into it, but as you know, I had surgery on a very old injury. Um, And what started for this season, um, I got in really good shape because of getting that injury on my foot fixed. So this is the best shape I've been in for um, in my adult life, I believe. And so this season was more fun because I just felt like I was in a lot better shape. I can't wait for next season, too. Um, But I played back judge for the first time. And Shaletta, not nah, those deep passes did not get by me. They did not get by I had those plays in front of me and I let those players know it. And I, you didn't get by me, you know. <laughs> and so I made sure I kept that play in front of me so that I had eyes on the play the whole time to make sure there's no interference. Yeah. And no holding. So, um, you know, it's fun, but, um, you know, the, just the, the, over, the just the, the, uh, assigners of the games and the Minnesota high school league as a whole do a tremendous job for training, making sure you're ready. Um, they have mentorship programs. So I just, I guess I would just like to say, if you love the sport and it's not only football, it's soccer, Shaletta, it's basketball, it's gymnastics. It's, we just, it's hockey. I mean, if you really want to help, let's, you know, step up and contact the Minnesota high school league and, and think about being an official a referee, um, and this is good for those college level kids that really were playing in, in high school too, right? And now they can come on back during college and and rest and be an official. It's helpful, and you still get to participate, you know, participate in a sport that you love on a different level in a different role.
2: Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, what's been the most challenging for you i want you to think about that because you know it looked fun we were cheering it was cute it was cool um mm-hmm. and, but but there's there's some other nuances there's some other challenges mm-hmm. there and, and i want to dive into that so that if anybody's listening they can know if this is something they're considering what to expect more with high school football referee slash washington county commissioner carla Begum, when we come back I mean, I'm trying to enjoy the Park High School football game with my son, Andrew. He doesn't like spending time with me. I'm no longer cool. I am his mama. So imagine how I have forever banned from attending any more games with him when I look down on the field and see my Washington County Commissioner, Carla come running up and down the field, and I'm hooping and hollering and screaming and clapping my hands and and yelling. So so anyway, so you're my son. Uh, told me that I could not ride in his car, that uh, my uh ex-husband, uh, or as they call him, my not-husband, Sean, had to pick me up because he didn't want to be seen with me. Girl, I was just so shocked and so surprised and so happy and so excited. Can I also say, and so scared that you are down there refereeing this high school football game. I was like, can somebody give my girlfriend uh pads and, sh- and, and, and helmets and give her the stuff that
4: the guys got? I don't want her getting hit. Oh, yeah, well, when, when that scrum comes at you on the sideline, don't think that I, uh, that I haven't, uh, had the deer in the headlights look. Uh, or if you're playing, if you're playing ref, I, did, I got to play ref one time this, this year. And man, when that ball, uh, there's a high snap and all of a sudden you see the offensive line's rear ends coming at you and the defense <laughs> coming after these big boys. You're just praying to the Jesus that, uh, did you survive that when you're five feet tall?
2: I was going to say you are like five feet, nothing. Okay. So for yes. me, if, if I'm thinking, what is the biggest challenge for you? For me, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, like I said, I, I was happy and, and I was afraid. I was happy, but I was scared. Uh, for me, I'm like, I don't want her to get hit. I don't want her to get <laughs> hurt, but you know, there's some, some challenges to, to this thing. And sure. you've been in it two years now. You know, what, what is the thing that challenges you or surprised you the most?
4: So first to, to say about getting hurt thing that they really do have um, a lot of training about why you're in a position you're in. So like they say back straight up, if you're the rep, right. Like so that you're not going into, you know, to get out of the way. Like, I mean, so it's, you don't really get hurt. I mean, I'll say that you probably could twist your ankle running more than getting involved in something like that because of how much training we have. I think the biggest um, challenge for me, Shaletta would be, um, everything happens so fast. So when you're watching the line and I'm usually a line judge, so I'm the one that is watching to make sure none of those, uh, guys leaves early, uh, or does anything to entice the other side to leave, right. Or whatever, um, Making sure they don't hit low. Um, You know, you you have to almost go through a checklist in your head. It happens so fast. The biggest challenge is slowing down Mm. to make sure that you're going through that process to ensure what you saw is what you saw and that you're making the correct call. Because you want to make the correct call. Right. Right? You want to make sure that there is, in fact, an infraction and not a ghost call. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, you just got to slow down. And I believe that every game you improve, you have to improve. That's your goal. Um, and you know, you keep watching film. There's tons of film on the Minnesota high school league that, that we get to watch and where they say, this is the right call. And this is what you're looking for, back judge. This is what you're looking for, um, ump. This is what you're looking for, ref. This is what you're looking for, line judge and down judge. And so it's – you just keep studying and keep improving. And the more games you get to play, the more experience you get, so you keep improving, which is why we spend a lot of time on the lower-level games. So that's JV, sophomores, or B squad, and freshmen. And we do even some – you know, even youth football, there's some of us that do youth football or eighth grade, um, just to get experience in the games so that we can just get more snaps, if you will, mm-hmm. to see and, and, and to view it. So I just think slowing down and the more experience you get, the more you're going to be able to slow, slow down to go through your process.
2: Okay, now tell me what you love most about it. What surprised you the most?
4: Um, I just think the camaraderie that the teams have and how much they drive each other in the positive way, um, even when it's not the results the uh, the boys want. If they lose, they still support each other. And then when they win, the celebration that they get, you know, to have with each other, those are memories that you tell at your 25th class reunion, right? And so, like, the just knowing that these are memories they're making together um, and the celebration and the pride that they have and, and teamwork. I mean, you use this when you're working with people uh, in the future in the workforce. And, you know, when, you know, you're an adult, you just, you're building these skills and you're building these memories. Uh, and I just think that that's, that's what I think I enjoy the most is just seeing how much they get the benefit they get of playing sports.
2: Well, I got the benefit of seeing you referee a game. I was blown away. As soon as this show is over, I'm going to sit at my desk and bang out a story because I have got to show everybody you in this referee uniform, uh, you making sure that these high school kids get a chance to play this game. uh, You making a difference, not just in your elected role, but as a community um, leader, uh, just stepping up and taking on this responsibility. I just can't thank you enough. It's one of the reasons why I love you so much and I'm inspired by oh, you. Thank you. Um, and so thank you for being on the show. Tell mama well, and daddy and that. boo and your sister and brother <laughs> and everybody, we say hello from the Shaletta show. I will. I will. And thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a great Saturday and y'all stick around. We've got two more hours of the Shaletta show coming up.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,